This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, here I am with that Friday energy. Happy Friday. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you, along with Tom DeCelestino. If, as we encourage you, we never insist, but our, our recommendation, if, if, if you took that and you've been listening to CBS Sports Radio basically on repeat for 24 hours and you don't take a break and do anything else, you know Andrew Bogish won't be here on this show because he filled in for DA, did a hell of a job. And so we've got Greg Caserta who will give us some, some headlines end of the hour. But fear not. Because D-Cell's ready to rock and roll. He loves Fridays. we got a great buy or sell for you. And we got a lot of drama percolating out there in the world that we're going to sift through on this Friday for you. Things are not good. And we talked about this yesterday. I know, I know. But we've got a little more context, a little more info on Baltimore Ravens folks being all mad. GM's mad there's no receivers. Receivers are mad that he pointed out that they're, what's the word I'm looking for, not very good. Lamar Jackson is the unspoken, and in some cases, spoken X-factor here, and we will get into the the mess in Baltimore. Kendrick Perkins has said and suggested that Nikola Jokic has been an MVP, perhaps, three times at the end of this season because of racial factors, and we'll let you listen, we'll let you decide, but Draymond Green weighed in, I think, in talking about international players and his view that they don't get the criticism they deserve, why he's wrong. We'll give it to you why he's wrong, I think, in about 30 or 40 minutes. And on that note, Tom Haverstrow, when I first heard the criticism of, of Jokic, not even the racial aspect of this, but just the idea Jokic isn't worthy of an MVP, the first person I thought of was Tom Haverstrow. A lot of us have voted for Jokic. That's why he, he's a two-time MVP, myself included. Tom is one of the best NBA reporters and thinkers in the country. He is very numbers-centric. He's an analytics guy, and he's a huge Jokic guy. He's on the show in an hour. So that'll be a perspective from someone who sees Jokic as a clear-cut top MVP candidate. We'll get his view 
Excited about that. Buy or sell. Some Derek Carr stuff in there. And Bum of the Week. Uh, good morning, Tom. What's up, man? Everything good? Happy Friday. Good morning, Bill. Happy Friday to you, TGIF. I know you love that one. I um, My son Henry wants to go to an NBA game this weekend. I've never taken him to an NBA game. And the Warriors are playing the Lakers. And, and my wife, Lori, had been insisting I get these tickets forever. And I, and I said, Lori, this is like a month ago. I'm telling you. This is true, by the way. This is me humble brag. Not even humble brag. I'm just going to brag rather than everybody. That's not what the show's called, but sort of. I'm like, Lori, Steph, this is when Steph and LeBron were healthy. They're not, the odds that one or both of them won't play are so high. Let's just wait. So we wait and we wait, and obviously LeBron and Steph are out. So my son announces he wants to go to the game, and I, and I say, well, buddy, there's, there's, no, there's no LeBron. There's no Steph. And he, Tommy still wanted to go, which is does that make him an amazing NBA fan or just a, a glutton for punishment? I think that makes him an amazing NBA fan, Bill. So I hit my contact up on my contacts about tickets, right? Just about tickets. And I'm like, you know, don't worry. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be easy to get these tickets. And then I don't know if you saw this. They announced, I think it was Chris Haynes who had the report, Steph's probably coming back Sunday. So, A, I can't get tickets. But the point of this meandering story is that when I was going back and forth with an NBA guy, not even get the tickets, just to come and maybe come out on the floor and like say hi to some people with Henry, who's ten, would be into that. Um, I was like, yeah, well, we may we're fifty fifty on, on on being there because we've got a conflict with 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 uh, with uh, is it puss and boots, puss and puss and boots? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I got, do know what you're talking about. Yes, heavily judged. The guy thought that was one of the worst things he's ever heard. <laughs> so those of you that don't have p- kids, let me just say. Sometimes it can be really tricky trying to navigate going to a cool thing and going to a to a movie, a cartoon. I, I think it's about a swashbuckling cat. I've actually never seen them. Does that sound correct? Uh, that would be accurate, yes. Things are not always as they seem is my point. You think you got a guy who's just like an NBA guy, but also he's going to cartoon movies. And things are not always as they seem in the NBA. Last night, and you watched this game. You're up late, Tom. I watched this game, not as late out here. The Mavs play the Sixers in a really interesting basketball game. And there's a lot to get into. And these are two teams with huge upside, but certainly the capability to disappoint. Kyrie on one end of the equation for me, and Doc Rivers on the other makes them unreliable. But both teams in their best incarnation can win an NBA championship. And the Mavs won. And dominated long stretches of the game. Here's the deal. I know Dallas won the game. I'm aware Kyrie Irving was miraculous. He was awesome. I watched it. He was great. And I know, because I've read all the reports and stories, and I saw the thing live, that Luka and Irving each scored 40 points. Actually, it was 82 between them. The first time in Mavericks history that teammates have scored 40 points, two of them, in the same game. Great night. Dallas is an illusion. It's fool's gold. They're a farce. Don't buy it. Look, I, I'm not trying to get you not listening to the radio show. I want you to listen to the things I'm about to say. Think they're interesting? I'm super glad you're here. Know you have a lot of choices. Thanks for listening to me on CBS Sports Radio. But you could also, if you're just looking to repeat this segment, it takes some work because we're not going to do it. You could go back to many years ago when I made the exact same argument about Kyrie Irving and the Celtics when he came into a team, by the way, that had made a conference finals without him. Or if you don't want to go all the way back to whatever year that was, 2017-ish, you could just go back a few years ago 
to when Kyrie went to the Nets. And I said it's not going to work. Or if you want to go, you know, a little bit less back, how about just when Kevin Durant showed up and was his teammate? Kyrie Irving doesn't win without LeBron. And even that was one single time. I know Kyrie can hoop. I know the guy's talented. I know he's an amazing basketball player. He destroys the hopes and dreams, the chemistry of the locker room, the chances of every team he plays for. And by the way, high-scoring affair, really great performance by Dallas. They look really good. I think Luka's amazing and worthy of absolute praise, regardless of what Kendrick Perkins or Draymond Green do or don't say about those guys, because they happen, he happens, Luka to be an international player, or whatever the, the subcontext there is there. Luka's amazing. I'm not sure Luka's a winner yet. I just don't know. There's not enough sample size. I know Kyrie's not. And they were hitting everything. In fact, after the game, and talking to the media, and talking to everybody, and talking about what was, again, it's a really good win, Kyrie himself noted on the ridiculous shooting that went on for Dallas on that evening. Like I said, the last time I was sitting up here, I just had to join the party. You know, and just make sure my teammates were going to follow along. And uh, Luca was ready for the party. I was ready for the party tonight. And it was one of those games where uh, we had some special performances. And I'm just grateful that the work translated. I'm grateful, too. Look, they, 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 they were amazing. Dallas shot 55% from the field. It's amazing. They made 52% of their threes. 133 to 126. It's an illusion. It's a one-off. No one is doubting that Kyrie Irving is talented at basketball. No one is doubting that he can have the kind of performances like he did last night where the guy had 40 points, and he was 15-22. to 22. It's not like he took 31 shots. He was awesome. He was completely awesome. My issue with Kyrie is not his talent. My issue is that his talent has allowed him to get away with a whole range of behaviors that make him a cancer on his teams. Look, I'm about to say something that's probably morally not great for me, because I should remember this. I just can't keep track of all the terrible things Kyrie has said and done. We're watching the game. And in my defense, I was tired. I had write a column, whatever. Okay, no one cares. We all work. And my son, Henry, who wants to go to go to Warriors-Lakers, uh, was sitting next to me, and he's like, who's the guy that you think's a loser? I'm like, oh, it's Kyrie Irving. He's got the ball. Like, Kyrie, hit a, Kyrie hit a shot. He's like, it looks pretty. He looks pretty. He's like, wait, is he the one that said terrible thing about things about Jewish people? And for a moment, I had completely forgotten that happened. I actually did a hard pause. I was like, yeah. Because between the vaccine refusals and not showing up for work and throwing people under the bus and Steve Nash isn't our coach, and obviously the anti-Semitism for me is the worst of the bunch, there's so much about Kyrie that is problematic. And some of it's so outrageous, I literally, even though I'm an NBA insider and talk about this on the radio, and if you listen a lot, you know I've talked about it, can't even remember my brain can't keep track of all the garbage this guy's put us and his teammates through. That's not behind him or his new team just because he had a wonderful night playing basketball. They're an illusion. I, I wrote Tom, and he'll, we'll talk about this with, 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 with D-Cell in a few minutes, which team would you rather have? And, and, and I think, because I wrote a few people, I think Tom, and I know everyone, wrote back basically, no thank you to the question. I don't want the Sixers, or the Mavs. And I get it. And I'm in the same space, and I tweeted about this. By the way, full alert, a bunch of you were like hitting me up. Yes, I'm tweeting again. I'm tweeting all the time. Like I used to tend to sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Just get on there. I'll respond to you. Whatever. Yay, Twitter. I hate like it as much as Gary. Hate it. But I'm doing it. Let's go. Let's be on Twitter together. Let's do it. And I tweeted on there, because it's true, 
I don't want. I don't like. I'm not a Doc fan. I'm not a Kyrie fan as it relates to success. But give me the Sixers over the Mavs. The Mavs probably have a higher ceiling, but their floor is so much lower and so much more likely. It's not a trap door. It's a gaping opening pit that they can't cross because Kyrie is going to make sure they fall to to their uh, collective failures. It's not real. And there was a small glimpse of this, and I know runs happen in the NBA. I know I know runs happen in the NBA. But, but Diesel and I were texting me. I was texting a bunch of people. And I had sent this tweet out. I was like, oh, you know, the Mavs are going to win this game. It's great. But, like, whatever. It's not real. It's not. It's an illusion. And then then the Sixers went on a crazy, cra- a 5-0 run, a 10-0 run. I don't even know. What, what did it get to, Tom? 17-0 run. Unbelievable. Without, by the way, without Embiid and without some of the primary guys, it, 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 all the credit to Philly, it was a run that was predicated largely on the fact that this is now a Kyrie Irving team. It is. It was. That's the deal. And and I don't even want to get into the fact that Doc left his starters on the on the bench way too long and, 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 and it fizzled out. My point is you saw even a great performance from Dallas, the weakness that can seize up, and the individual excellence that can be dwarfed by collective failure. That is the story of Kyrie Irving's career outside of one shot, one moment, one season with, you know who I'm talking about, LeBron James. I could hit a shot with LeBron James and be a champion. Maybe. Probably not. But I could certainly be on the team and win a championship. Look, maybe I'm wrong. One thing I think is dumb about Sports Talk Radio and just society in general is people being not wanting to say things because for fear they're going to be wrong. And then you are wrong, and then people every day tweet at you or say to you, delete your account, you suck, you're stupid. For example, I thought Jalen Brunson had the highest bust potential. And people are so, Knicks friends are so mad. Like, congratulations, you're mediocre. I didn't think you'd get there. Way to do it. Maybe I'm wrong on the maps, although I'm not. And I tend not to be. I tend to be, I'm just saying, right on this stuff. This is not a team that's going to compete for a championship this year. Kyrie Irving is a harder-to-read, more camouflage version of Russell Westbrook on a team. Westbrook, it's really obvious, right? I don't know if you saw the clip yesterday. They lost again. Clippers 0-4 with, with Russ, where Russ has the ball at the top, of the, the top of the key. And there's no one within, like, eight feet of him, which is basically they're all at the basket. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. I know I can't shoot. I can't shoot. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So it's obvious. It's the same effect for Kyrie. It's just packaged in a much cooler 40-point, 15 of 22, silky smooth shooting, remarkably athletic, oh my God, this can play, guy can play package. It's the same conclusion. The Mavs are fool's gold. They ruined their chances when they brought in Kyrie Irving. It was a mistake then. It's a mistake now, even after a really good win, really good win against the Sixers. And by the way, the Sixers in the Eastern Conference, Mavs in the Western Conference can't play each other in a playoff series. I get it. But performances like this can happen in the playoffs. I've seen it. It's awesome. It's going to be amazing. They're still mad. Probably going to lose like five games because the other four games are going to be problematic. Don't buy into the Dallas Mavericks, however long Kyrie Irving is there. I love Twitter. Tweet at me at SportsRider, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Every time I say stuff like that, Tom looks pain. Like, don't be that honest. I can't help it, Tom. <laughs> I hate the Twitter, but I'm on it again. You have a love-hate relationship with it again. No, no, I have a hate relationship with it. But let's get on there and do it. Here's the other thing. If I'm being honest, when I was a writer, when I was com- whatever, we all think our views. This is what I hate about Twitter. Everyone thinks their perspective is important. Sadly, it's not. Uh, sadly, it's it's not. 
I was like, oh, I have to share my view with the world. I'm a, I have a radio show. I do TV. There's too much of me out there. I, who needs more of me? But if you want it, sports writer, sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. You know who wants more of me? My bosses. Let's do it. I love Twitter. All right. Speaking of bosses, but not, not as good a kind, maybe, because my bosses are amazing. Things aren't great in Baltimore. And the GM, I've never, I've never seen this before. I mean, I've heard the, the, the expression, but I've never seen a guy at a press conference, because you have to be really flexible, while he's talking about his own team, um, sort of grab his right leg, right, and really stretch it out there and just shove, just shove, put his foot in his mouth. Is that the expression? Did I get it? Because now that I said it, described it, that's weird. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, you got it. Put his, I was just, oh, my foot. How a Ravens GM's candor, I can relate to this, got him in trouble, and what it reveals about a Ravens organization that is an absolute mess next here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. I'm Bill Ryder, and I'm weird, apparently. I mean, let's be, let's be fair. Even my wife yesterday told me, actually, we were going to sleep. Does your wife do this to you? I'm going to bed. I've had a long day. I'm like, do you need to talk about anything? Anything you got to get off your chest? Are we good? I love you. Okay, good night. And then it's just when I'm about to hit REM sleep where it's, hey, how about this thought? And last night, Tom, it was, <laughs> you're weird, by the way. What are you talking on the radio about? You and Clark Hunt being best friends in your dream. I was like, oh, man. I lost 24 hours ago. <laughs> I'm trying to dream again right now, actually, if, if yeah. we could table this conversation. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's exactly. I'm trying to get back to Clark. He's calling me. The owner of the Chiefs on the show a couple of days ago. Um, 
I'm not going to do the old radio trick where I'm like, what do you think about the Mavs Sixers? Because I know what you think because you and I were texting last night during the game. Right? The Mavs are... <sighs> Joke's nothing. They're just not trustworthy. Here's what I'll say. And this was, I thought, a really astute point throughout the broadcast last night by Reggie Miller on TNT. Their two-star players go for 40 points each, 82 total. Great, fantastic. They knocked down a ton of shots. Good for them. Reggie Miller pointed out they play at two different complete speeds. Luka is slow and methodical. Kyrie never stops moving. They can't play together. It goes your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. And when they have nights where they can't miss, great. They're going to win games. You can't win a seven-game series in the playoffs like that. It doesn't happen. 100% agree. It's such a great point. It's such a great point. Not only are they in trouble because Lucas subtracts from the sum of all human joy on a basketball team, but you're right. They are just absolutely polar opposites now how they run an offense. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of LeBron and Dwayne Wade playing together. Only LeBron and Dwayne Wade were good friends. LeBron is willing to be a facilitate first player if he needs to be. And they had a guy named Chris Bosh. So there was so much talent on that team. They had a little support and help in trying to make it work. It's it's that, those early days of that heat or three-peat heat, or three-peat, sorry, that's a FoxSports.com thing I was a part of. That was a weird little pullback. You're weird and stupid sometimes. It reminds me of that heat run, only they're not going to grow out of it. It's not going to get better. And breaking news, Kyrie ain't LeBron or Dwayne Wade. He's talented. I just, and the West is not very deep. Like the only sort of a, you know, my Sixers before Mavs view, even though I would not take either. The only, I think, problem with that or, or, or real weakness there is not the perspective. It's I think the East has some real formidable teams outside of the top two. I mean, it's it's Celtics and, and Bucks, but, I mean, the Knicks are playing really good basketball. Can they win the whole thing? I don't think so, but the way they're playing, Jalen Brunson, I've always believed in that guy. A little sarcasm alert. Um, they can certainly beat somebody in the series. I really like Cleveland. And we've seen in the past, the Atlanta Hawks were an example a few years ago, teams in these come out and get really hot. There's some underperforming teams on that side of the equation. If they get in, they get the play in, they get some momentum. Out west, there's the Suns, but maybe the Warriors are going to figure it out. And I think that if Steph's healthy, but we haven't seen Steph be healthy and they can't win on the road. So it's a question mark for me. The Lakers are out of the mix. The Clippers have Russell Westbrook. They're out of the mix. I like Denver a lot. They haven't really pushed through. People do. Memphis is really good, but the John Morant, you know, feels like every other re- week with a report about real character concerns. Maybe it won't impact the team, but it can. So I just, I do think that there's a little potential more vulnerability in the Western Conference. All right, good talk. Um, I'm honest. I'm candid. To a fault. I love my wife. She loves me. Pretty sure. I think so. Love you, baby. But... I would say four times a week, she says to me in various levels of, of various levels of exasperation or acceptance, can you stop being so honest? You know, at the grocery store, someone's rude. and Oh, I'm sorry, was I rude? I'm like, yes, that was very rude. You asked. You know? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? It happened the other day. I was, like, no, no, that's okay. You're well, fine. I gave a look, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, was I, was I rude there? I'm like, yeah, you were. You literally put your cart in front of my kid and almost hit him. <laughs> The other day in tennis, I was talking to a guy, and he's like, oh, you gave me a look like you thought I cheated on that call. I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you, 
Yeah, you think I cheated on the call? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you made a bad call on purpose. So, yeah. And everyone's like, <gasps> and I don't really know him that well. He's like, well, I, I thought it was in. I'm like, no, you didn't. So my point is, I get it. I, I really, I really do. If you're, um, if you're the GM of, say, the Baltimore Ravens, you're Eric DaCosta. And you've gone what feels like 131 years without a receiver of, of any level of excellence that you, you drafted. I mean, the stats on this are absolutely amazing. Um, it has been a minute since they successfully drafted the level of receiving help in that receiving core that they need. We know that Hollywood Brown is gone. He went somewhere else with Arizona and was awesome. You know, he's talented. He was the talented guy. And so, DaCosta, who's the GM of the Ravens, let his guard down a little bit. Again, I can relate to that. I can relate to being honest. I like being honest. But I can speak from experience. You're going to piss people off. You're going to make people angry. I had an exchange with the GM a little while ago that my wife shouldn't be looking at, but I grabbed my phone. She's like, what are you doing? Because I was a little, you know, he was combative, and I was was like, no, man. Like, uh uh-uh. And I was like, I'm being honest. Then he apologized. We got there. My point is I get it, but there's consequences. Eric DaCosta was asked yesterday during the show about why they don't have basically any good wide receivers. And this is the, you know, I can get it way too candid response he gave. It's a challenging position to evaluate in different ways. Um, I don't have a, if I had an answer, that means I would probably have some better receivers, I guess. Um, we keep trying. You know, I think there's a lot of things that go along with that position. Sometimes it's, it is tied to the quarterback. Um, and I think it's tied to things like durability. It's tied to, you know, a lot of things. Um, we're going to keep swinging, you know. Uh, there have been some guys that, you know, have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We've never really hit on that all-pro type of guy, which is disappointing, I would say. But it's not for lack of effort. We believe in what we do. We believe in our scouting. We believe in the system that we have, the scouting system that we have. Um, it's one of those anomalies that I really can't explain other than to say we're not going to stop trying. We're going to keep trying. I think we've drafted, I don't know, Chad would probably know, but probably at least five or six receivers in the last four years, maybe. Um, we're going to just keep swinging. And, and hopefully at one of these points we'll hit the ball out of the park. But that's our goal. Uh, we understand the importance of the position. Uh, you know, so we'll keep, we'll keep trying to do it. Yeah, he believes in everything but his quarterback and his receivers. Look, the old thing is if your wife asks you if she looks fat in this dress, you say no. This is someone at a press conference that's covered asking you if your wife's put on weight and being like, yeah, I love her, but man, <laughs> drop 10. No, no. I mean, I love it. I'm a radio host. It's great. Do you know who didn't love it? You can probably imagine. The crappy receivers who the GM wishes he didn't have in Baltimore. Like Rashad Bateman, who tweeted out, I'm going to read this to you. It's in Twitter speak, so bear with me here. How about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us at number eight? That's Lamar Jackson. Bateman wrote, blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying. And capping on players for no reason, end quote. Oh, damn! Oh, man. Like Again, I shouldn't root for people to like, because I've had moments where I've just been way too candid. I'm like, oh, no. But I would love to have seen Mr. DaCosta's face when that tweet dropped. Like, 
angry, horrified, what have I done? And by the way, can we just can we just be fair? Rashad Bateman's not exactly setting the world on fire. I mean, like he's it's not like he had a good season or played a high level or helped Baltimore to a level of success. Now, that's the other thing. You can be in your feelings, you can be upset, you can be frustrated that a guy is calling you out. I get it as a person that's super candid in the world, not just on this radio show. There are certain people who can't handle it and don't respond well to it. Tough bleep sometimes, right? Like, don't ask me whether or not I think you cheated on something if you don't want an answer. And if you're going to go clap back at your GM for saying the receivers aren't at the level they need and it's a problem, you better be, if you're clapping back, a receiver who's not a problem and at the level you need to be. Look, I get the headline of this, and I'm talking about it. It was funny, and it's interesting. But the real thing is that Rashad Bateman is actually making the case for DaCosta because he's not very good, and he hasn't been very effective. If if somebody had come back and been like, you know, the exact same comment, and all of us had gone to football reference, be like, oh, did I miss something? Like, oh, God, that guy had 937 receiving yards and five. No! This guy had almost as many receiving yards as I did last year in the National Football League. I think a couple hundred more, but still... You get my drift. Look, other people weighed in. Mike Davis was a running back in Baltimore last season. Tweeted, I hate to say it or be that guy, but being there, Bates is 100% right. No, he's not. I mean, maybe the GM should or shouldn't be saying it, but come on, man. Do you know what's going to actually say it? When they cut some of these receivers or they draft another receiver. Everybody knows. And I think it's interesting the defense of Lamar Jackson, and DaCosta being really honest and really open and saying some of it's the quarterback. Look, I, I think Lamar Jackson's really really talented. Obviously, the guy won an MVP and led his team to a 14-game, 14 14-win 14 season in a 16-game season several years ago. They haven't won the playoffs. I know you don't track everything that I say, but I, I, I'm skeptical, but not certain, but I'm skeptical that, that Lamar Jackson's going to have postseason success because of what we've seen. Guys make breakthroughs. But it is certainly a reality that despite his talent, despite the MVP, despite his athleticism, he has not evolved as a passer to incorporate what he does well to be a passer at the level that even Jalen Hurts has done already in his career. That, like, I'd like to see Justin Fields as a Bears guy make that jump. Right? There's another level to go to as, as a quarterback and, and his ability to throw the ball more consistently. Maybe the receivers aren't very good, and maybe the receivers don't have the right situation to develop quarterbacks are going to have careers that are largely shaped by the places they're at. By the coordinators, the consistency, the culture, the head coaches, right? The offensive line, the opportunity. If you're not good as a quarterback for a couple years, you lose your moment often. And we don't talk about receivers that often, but it's also true. You quarter All of that plus the actual guy throwing you the football can be problematic. So so maybe in some other universe, Rashad Bateman's a, you know, 1,100-yard receiver at some point in his career, and he's setting the world on fire. He's not, and some of that's probably because of the guy that is throwing the football. DaCosta's not wrong just because he's saying what he's saying. He's not wrong. The last three years combined, Baltimore is ranked number 31. Now, this is out of 32, so I'm not good at math, but I'm pretty sure that's like a low percentage. Number 31 in wide receiver spending, and only one team spent less on receivers than the Ravens. And that was with with a a young QB in Lamar Jackson. The truth about your job, for almost all of us, all of us. I got told this when I was um, when I was I think in Arkansas, not paid well. So you can understand what this meant to me. People value based on what they pay you. People value based on what they pay. That's the value. 
mean, there's some exceptions to that. And maybe you choose a business like I did in journalism where you don't make a lot of money. But that's basically the deal. Rashad Bateman knows what his paycheck is, okay, when we all do. But, like, come on, man. You're not insert whatever top ten receiver you want here. Go out there and earn it. Go out there and prove it. Stop being your feelings. It is messy. It is ugly. It's not a good sign. But my takeaway is twofold. One, I think DaCosta's way too candid, but he's not wrong. And two, I do think it's worth wondering if Bateman isn't a little too comfortable criticizing the person who decides whether he's on the team or not because Lamar Jackson ain't doing the Ravens any favors when managing teammates for this situation. If Lamar Jackson isn't willing to play at the end of a season and he wants Deshaun Watson money, which I think is unreasonable for any quarterback, and, and this next part speculation, but I think it's, I think it's worthwhile, and he's a problem with your culture because his approach to not getting the money he wants is to poison the well with management rather than just play it cool like a professional, that would make me less inclined to give the guy cash. It would. And that's part of the issue where we all sit here and we're all like, you got to give the guy money. I'm sitting in my radio studio in L.A. And, but behind the scenes, what they know about him as a player and what they know about him as a leader should impact this. And maybe he's an amazing leader. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe this is just Bateman coming to his defense because those guys love Lamar Jackson and would run through a wall for him, and I got it backwards. And if that's the case, then the, then it's the other category. It's the when you make the pros and cons, should you pay him? It's the pros. But there's a lot going on here, and it ain't good. And all the stuff beneath the surface, which is usually a closely guarded secret in the NFL because they often, NFL franchises, mistake themselves for CIA secret sites around the world. Seriously, I've covered the NFL. It's ridiculous. Hey, man, how's it going? When's practice this week? I'll never tell you. Isn't it every Tuesday? You'll never know. There's a, there's a bulletin board behind you that says what time practice is. <laughs> no one could know. I mean, come on. That that culture, and we're starting to get some of this up beneath the surface. What's your 1 to 10, Tom? That 1 to 10 is stupid. 1 to 100. What's your uh, concern level here with, for, for Baltimore? I'm at a 75. Wow. This is Doesn't that sound better than 7.5? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. I like that. One, let's do 1-100 from now on right? with everything. Well, let's go. This sounds like a GM who's frustrated one about the quarterback situation. I think DaCosta, in that clip talking about his wide receivers, gave a little jab at his quarterback, is super frustrated that he can't sign his quarterback, and it's trickling down to the rest of the organization. This is supposed to be an elite organization. like One of the standards in the NFL you never hear things like this happen out of Baltimore. Do you think they should play Harbaugh on this one? Ooh, I like that. Good work. Good work <laughs> yeah. There. Thank you. I mean, gotta get a punch. Friday. Gotta get a punt him. All right. Um, I'm a white dude, and I think race is important. And I think the notion racism doesn't exist in a very severe way in this country is absurd. And I know that that makes people angry. And I know that the things I'm going to say in the next segment are going to make other people angry. I understand that these can be choppy waters, and, and sometimes folks don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to cover the NBA. Kendrick Perkins is suggesting that people's inherent racism is the reason Nikola Jokic has gotten MVPs over other folks. And that's people like me. I vote, and I voted for Jokic. Well, to be fair, and if you listen to the show, tortured. Tortured last year between Jokic and Giannis. But I think Jokic is the right call. Perkins, who yells at people on literally on television up in Bristol uh, and obviously played, made that assertion. Now, Draymond Green on his podcast has said something that I think 
is an endorsement of that view. I could be wrong. You're going to listen to it. But we're going to get into this topic about whether or not, and there is a view by players in the NBA that some, that white players get preferential treatment sometimes. So this is this is tricky stuff, but we're not going to turn away from it. On the accusations of racism impacting the NBA MVP voting and perspective and narratives, next here on the show, after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Greg Caserta. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Hi, welcome back. Happy Friday. Tom, can I be honest with you about something? Always. I always want you to be honest with me. Every time you play that rejoin, he's Bill Ryder and people can't stop listening. I picture someone turning the radio off at that exact moment. <laughs> you know? They all show you, guy with a great voice. All right. All right, here's the... Um, Here's the deal on what's going on with this controversy involving MVP voting. So it just began with, with Kendrick Perkins, who, if I'm being honest, I, I don't tend to take seriously on many topics, but I think this is an important and interesting one. He's got a perspective that certainly has has um, has people thinking. Kendrick Perkins believes that Nikola Jokic has won two MVPs and is poised to win a third in a row, which is fairly unprecedented because he is a white player and black players do not get the same that there is a difference in how people like me, because I am a voter, how voters, the MVP voters, look at these guys based on race. And Draymond Green, in the wake of this conversation and that idea, on the Draymond Green podcast, and this is the other voice you'll hear on this is Gilbert Arenas. So two really thoughtful guys who obviously played and one is still playing at a really high level. Now he's talking about international players, and we can, I just... Instead of waiting to the end, I just want you to listen because you'll probably need to figure out if, like me, you think maybe Draymond is using international player as a code word for white player. I saw a list today Stephen A. put out. It was like the players with under the most pressure to win a championship. I think James Hart was one, CP was two, Jason Tatum was three, Joker was four, and Luka wasn't even on the list. I feel like over the years, European players has not caught the same flat of winning a championship as U.S. players, and I don't understand that. It's really a knock. So when you have a Luka, when you have a Jokic, yeah, they're good. European players are coming over, they're dominating, but do we hold them to the same Stand. These guys are top 10 guys in our league. <laughs> I didn't even think about it from the perspective of you saying like it's a knock. Like I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. But I, what I will say is whoever is knocking them, at some point you got to stop. Like yeah. these guys are as good as anyone in the league, if not better. If the thing is, oh, it's a knock and we don't hold them to that standard, that got to go. There's no way JT's supposed to be in this conversation right now. You know, he's 24, 25 years old, but that's immediate death. 
Well, I mean, they're the media. They're the ones that are having the conversation. I I don't know, Tom. Like maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm ascribing to Draymond Green a racial commentary that's really about the distinction between international players and and American-born players because the two international players he happened to note are white guys, right? Jokic and, and, and Luka. Did you hear the same way or does it seem... No, I heard it the same exact way you did. I think Draymond is saying, look, these guys are as good as anybody in the league. They're in the MVP conversation. The Joker is perhaps going to win his third. Luka could be runner-up this year. And there's not that pressure to win before you get that MVP vote like there is from some of the non-white players in the NBA. Yeah, I think... So there's a few things that I, that I want to tackle here. One, and I'm not criticizing Stephen A. Smith, but that's one random guy. Like, his list defines the entire idea of what the media think. I mean, I think Harden should be on the list. He's 33. He's never won a championship. He's been an MVP. I, I think Chris Paul should be on the list. He's 37. He'll be 38 in May. The guy's never won an MVP, but he is, for me, the second or third best point guard in the history of the game. Jason Tatum should be on the list. He's 25. He just made a finals. And that's dumb. I mean, no offense to Stephen A. We all... And, and and Joker on the list? Yeah, I, two-time MVP, absolutely on the list for, at, at 28. But Lucas shouldn't be on the list. He's a 24-year-old. I don't think a 24-year-old. Man, he's going to get there. But Jordan didn't win, it, win a, his first finals by 24. LeBron didn't win his first finals by, by 24. And the thing is, the idea that there's no expectations on international players, I think you have to broaden this if that's the actual conversation Draymond is trying to have. Because Luka, who's white, obviously, and Jokic, who's white, obviously, aren't the only international superstars that are playing in the game. International players dominate the sport. Right now, certainly as players who are top five players in the game, I think, or six. Luka, that's one. I'm talking about international guys. Jokic, that's two. Embiid is, is from abroad. I think Cameroon, if I got that right, who's 28. There's pressure on him, absolutely. And Giannis is the best player on earth. He's from Greece. Four of the best. And right now LeBron's hurt and Steph's hurt. So if you want to, Kevin Durant just came back. So if you want to talk about currently on the floor, four of the best five, and you just want to talk who's in the league, four of the best six or seven are international players. All right, so let's address certainly what, and by the way, Kendrick Perkins followed up with Draymond Green and said, never thought it would come a day when I totally agree. He agrees with him. Different standard. So that's part of where I th- I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is a way that we're talking about race, not just international versus versus American-born. Okay. So maybe everyone's going to hate this segment, which means they're usually right in my journal some days. Everybody's mad you got something right. Of course there's inherent racism in the world. And, of course, I, am as a, as a white dude, have no idea what it's like to live the black experience in, in America. And on, 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 that is a fact. That is a fact. But I feel pretty good about my MVP voting over the year, over the years. Like, really good. I was really tortured on Jokic last year. It was really, really hard. It's not going to be hard this year if Denver's the top team in the Western Conference. If Milwaukee finishes one, I might, I might have the same conflict again. The fact is, that I, I think that just randomly, one of the best players in the game, and statistical marvel, and Tom Habersaw will give us the math behind this, Nikola Jokic happens to be a white guy. But I think the reason he's winning these things is because he's amazing. The The comments that Kendrick Perkins made were about Steve Nash. That is a controversial back-to-back MVP. I wasn't covering the NBA then. I can certainly speak to it, but I can't speak to the decision-making. Dirk Nowitzki, I was covering the NBA to a degree, but didn't have a vote. And Dirk had massive pressure. And if we remember, by the way... And I don't have an issue with this. Like, talk all the smack you want. But I covered this finals. Dirk blew, Dirk and the Mavs blew the 06 finals against the Heat. 
So I, trust me, there was criticism. Then in 2010, it was 11 when the finals rolled around, but 10-11 season, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James mocked Dirk Nowitzki for being sick in the middle of the finals in a way that you probably couldn't do in the social media era today because it would go viral. But it was pretty pre-viral, viral anyway. And Dirk, it motivated Dirk, and he responded, and they obviously he, beat, he and the Mavs beat the Heat. But there was pressure, and there was criticism, and that guy won an MVP back in 2006, and that was a 54, as other people have noted, 50-40-90 year, which is 50% are better from the field, 40% are better from three, 90% are better from the free throw line. Only like 12 guys have ever done that in the history of the sport, and they're all among the best of all time, and then one of them is Malcolm Brogdon. Like, literally. It's, it's like Durant's on that list, Larry Bird's on that list who has, have done that, Steph Curry's on that list, I'm missing some guys. It's an amazing accomplishment. So, let's have two separate conversations. If that's what Draymond Green is doing. I think Kendrick Perkins is wrong. And I recognize and I know that there and I've you know, I've got people that I'm colleagues with and know and cover who have talked about this. They call it whitewashing, right? Guys in the league, NBA players, white dudes who get usually lower level, who get more money than than some of these folks believe that they should have gotten. Okay. Maybe. But on this specific one case, the idea over the years that white players have gotten the benefit of the doubt in M V P voting, I just I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's legitimate. I don't. I mean, is Larry Bird overrated? I don't think he is. I remember sitting with LeBron James once and asking him, who are your best three players of all time? And this, the question shocked him. And do you know who he put on the list ahead of Magic Johnson? He put Larry Bird. Right, wrong, whatever. It's just not because Larry was white. Not because LeBron wanted to put a white guy on the list. It's because Larry Bird was really good at basketball. And it's hard to figure out who's one, two, three, four of all time or one or two or three in a single season. As for the international player argument Draymond's making... I don't think anybody's knocking on these guys based on... Inter- international guys aren't getting a pass. Do you know how much Giannis would have gotten killed if he hadn't won a championship? Embiid's going to get killed, is getting killed. Luka will get there, but he's a 24-year-old. Dirk got killed back in the day. And yeah, Jokic needs to start winning some championships. But that's a different... And the other thing is championships is different than MVP conversation. It's specifically about the regular season. All right, wanted to address it. I know people got their views. Happy to hear them, as long as you can be respectful... Sports writer, sports R E I T E R, or eight five five two one two four CVS. Let's get a um, in the weeds math perspective, stats insider view from Tom Haverstrow on Jokic next here on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.